to the Happy Whole You podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hello, hello, amazing, beautiful humans. Here we are on another episode of the Happy Whole You podcast. I'm sure you are feeling, I don't want to say the pain, but maybe cabin fever at all. Anybody? Anybody out there? <laughs> Uh, So we are being forced to slow down during this pandemic, and there is a lot of information out there. Some of it is not so great, and some of it is great. And my guest today actually has great information for you. She's been posting some amazing videos on social media, and some of them have gone viral. And she just shares with you things that are factual and in simple terms that we can understand and kind of wrap our heads around this crazy thing that is happening. And so this doctor that I'm going to be sharing with you in a moment, her name is Namisha Amin, and she is a pediatric nephrologist, and she's also a general pediatrician. Uh, She completed medical school at UC Irvine, and she has trained at the UCLA Mattel Children's Hospital before she moved back to the community where she grew up. And she's also a wife, a mom of two, and she loves fitness and traveling. And I'm excited for you to hear what she has to share today. And I really encourage you to go online and follow her and check out her videos that she's been posting because they are full of great information and we all can use better information, wouldn't you say? All right, here we go. All right. Thanks for joining me today, Neem. Of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So you just had a Facebook post go viral and you have this wonderful gift to share with people in non-doctor <laughs> level terms of you know instruction of what's going on. And just, I mean, you just bring it to some basics. And I'd like to jump into this microscopic madness coronavirus. But before that, I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what brought you into medicine? Well, I think to an extent, I was born into medicine. Uh, (laughs) My dad is an infectious disease doctor. My mom is a nurse. A lot of my extended family, aunts and uncles are doctors, psychiatrists, nurses, even medical billers, you name it. And so that is honestly all I knew growing up. And I felt a strong calling to the profession, even as a young child. I mean, I was doctoring my dolls and I was giving my friends checkups in high school. So it just felt very natural to me to sort of proceed into a career revolving around medicine. I knew that I wanted to take care of kids, so there was a short time where I thought perhaps I wanted to be a preschool teacher, but then ultimately as I realized how much I loved science, I decided to pursue a medical path thereafter. 
Okay. Well, great. And that actually answered my other question. Cause I was going to ask you, uh, did you ever want to become anything else? <laughs> it was honestly preschool teacher or pediatrician. But then I realized that preschool teachers have to have far more patience than I do. <laughs> they spend eight hours a day with those cute little babies. And I spend about 15 minutes. So <laughs> I decided to go ahead and become a pediatrician because I only have patience for my two and sometimes not even that. Yes. And let's kind of dive into that for a minute because being a parent right now in America, so many kids are at home and, you know, like I know I'm home and not working due to this virus and patience. I mean, that is, that is tough to come by these days. <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, I think as parents right now, we have to give ourselves some grace we are not yes. teachers. We are not the experts that they are. And quite honestly, we are not going to achieve in these next few weeks or months or whatever the time frame may be, what our teachers could accomplish with our kids. But at the end of the day, that's okay. We can do what we can. And our teachers are so fantastic that ultimately when our kids get back into school, we will all figure it out together. And I think it's important as parents to take advantage of this time. I know that for me, our schedule is usually beyond crazy. And it literally took a global pandemic to shut it down. And part of me is really starting to see the silver lining in all of this mm -hmm. in families that are not directly affected by the virus right now. I come home from the office and we have dinner together and then we hang out and we talk and we play board mm -hmm. games and we mm -hmm. go on walks <laughs> and I'm not looking at the clock to make sure that they are in bed right at 8.30 and I am not waking them up right at 6.30 or 7.30. It's just so much slower paced and it honestly reminds me of how I grew up. So mm -hmm. I sort of look forward to hearing what my kids have to say about this time in their life when they reflect back on it. Oh my gosh. Yes, that is, I can relate to that on so many levels and it is so true. It's like we are slowing down and able to spend this quality time. And even, you know, the, the parents that are still going to work, like our first responders, all our medical people like yourself, people working on the roads and the municipalities and those people that are still out there working, at least when they're coming home, there's not all that after school, that Monday through Friday, you know, gymnastics and then Taekwondo and then tutoring and then all these other things that, that we do. Our generation has really put all these things on our plate and to have that time with our kids, I think is going to be so powerful. And I think the other silver lining here is that we are going to really appreciate teachers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even more so. <laughs> so, okay. So about this coronavirus, can you just share with people how this is different this strand of this virus is different than the, you know, the regular flu that goes around every year. Yes, absolutely. So to give you a small amount of background, coronaviruses have been around since the 1960s, and they typically cause the common cold. 
This is why when you look on the back of a Lysol bottle, you will see Mm -hmm. that Lysol kills coronaviruses. It's not because Lysol has found the cure for this coronavirus. (laughs) It's referring to the coronaviruses that have been around for decades, if not longer. But what coronaviruses have the ability to do is they can mutate. And when they mutate, they tend to cause much more aggressive disease. And this is what has happened in previous pandemics, such as SARS and MERS in the 2000s. We were fortunate enough to not have been affected by those pandemics to the degree that coronavirus is affecting the United States. And specifically with coronavirus, it really seems to attack the lungs. And so most people who have severe disease are going to have a respiratory problem, going above and beyond a little bit of a cough. It may start with a cough, but then it is going to evolve fairly quickly into trouble breathing. And this is where the problem starts. And we don't have a potential treatment or cure for it at this moment. So you ultimately end up in the emergency room, the ICU on a ventilator. And depending on how aggressive this disease is, after your lungs go, then your blood pressure starts to go, then your heart starts to go, then your kidney starts to go, and it really can become an entire body problem. Yeah, and what are some signs and symptoms for you know, people right now, like allergies are mm-hmm. going on right now, and we do have the common cold going on yes. right now. And so, and then there's this level of paranoia and anxiety of, do I have the coronavirus? So it's like, there's all of this madness going on. It's like, what are some simple things that people should look for in terms of the coronavirus and when should they go seek medical attention? Well, that's a great question. And I think this is something that we need to educate anyone and everyone as much as we can. And you are absolutely correct that the common cold is still out there, influenza is out there, allergies are out there, and so is coronavirus. And many of them are going to have overlapping symptoms. And this is not the time that if your symptoms are relatively mild, which I'll talk about in just a moment, to go and see your doctor for reassurance that you don't have it. Because by exposing yourself to the doctor's office and all the steps you take in between, you may ultimately get it. And the whole purpose is for you to stay home and not get it. So right now, if you are experiencing a low-grade fever, I would say less than 102, you have runny nose, congestion, sneezing, cough, nausea, some vomiting or diarrhea, but not to the point where you're starting to feel dehydrated or lethargic, those are symptoms that you need to stay home and monitor and take care of to the best of your ability. I'm not saying that you have or you don't have coronavirus at that point in time, but if you go and see your doctor for those symptoms, they are going to tell you to go home and manage them as best as you can with Tylenol or plenty of fluids and rest. They are not going to test you at this point in time, at least in California, because we have a significant shortage of tests, and they certainly aren't going to refer you to the emergency room because your symptoms are relatively mild. When your symptoms get to the point that you are no longer comfortable managing them at home, that's when it's time to call your doctor or consider going to the ER. So for example, if you are trying to take a breath and it feels like you're breathing in through a straw, 
that's a problem. If you have had so much in the way of vomiting or diarrhea that you haven't gone pee in eight to 10 hours, that is a problem. If you're feeling lethargic or disoriented, those are problems that you need to talk to your doctor or your emergency room about right away. I totally understand what you're saying, but then there's also going to be people that are like, they just, they don't, it's not, they don't care, but they're like, I need to take care of number one first. Right. So would you recommend, I know there's a lot of telemedicine and a lot of insurance companies and providers are really ramping up their ability to have you call in, do a Zoom, do a FaceTime with a doctor. Is that something you're doing? Is that something you're seeing more of right now? Yes, absolutely. Our office implemented this late last week, and it has been fantastic. Because of HIPAA rules and violations, we don't do it through FaceTime or Zoom. It has to be a specific website where privacy can be ensured, but they are incredibly user-friendly. Basically, the patients create a login and password, and they agree to the privacy regulations. The doctors do the same thing. We send the patients our link and they enter into our waiting room and we are able to then see each other face to face and do a telehealth visit. For me, obviously, I ask the parents to set the visit up and I have the kiddos sitting on their lap or sitting next to them and we'll do as much of an exam as we possibly can. I'll have them hold the camera up so I can look up their <laughs> nose. I'll have them hold it in, right in front of their mouth so I can look at their throat, look at the outside of their ears. And most importantly, right now, have them hold up their shirts so that I can see how they're breathing. And I think that has provided a lot of parents the reassurance they need to stay home, but to know that their kiddos are doing okay. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad you guys implemented that. I, through my provider, we have what's called MD Live and it's great. Yeah, they have their own, you know, kind of like Zoom, kind of like FaceTime, all of that. And it's super easy. And a lot of times, you know, well, from what I've seen with some insurance providers, sometimes this is actually, your copay is actually less. Mm -hmm. by, by doing this. So you're going to save time by not driving. You're not going to expose people. You could potentially save some money on a copay. I mean, I think that's a win-win for on all, all sorts of levels, but I think a lot of people don't realize with their insurance provider that they actually do have this benefit within their package. And a lot of people, all you need to do is look at the back of your insurance card. I mean, there's a number there where you can call your provider and ask if you have telemedicine support, or sometimes the telemedicine support will actually be right on your insurance card, depending on who your provider is. So, Yes, um, and a lot of insurance companies have actually made amendments to their policies in light of this pandemic and they are expanding coverage for telehealth visits as well. Oh, it's so great. I mean, so that's another question that I had for you is how will going through this pandemic change medicine and, you know, change how, I mean, like right now you're already changing how you're providing service for your patients. Do you see, foresee in the future how this could, you know, some sticking points that'll stay that are, there's going to be some good things I think that come from this that we're going to learn from. What are some of those things that you foresee? I think the point that most of us are learning through this is that it is okay to accept change. It is okay to do things differently and to think out of the box, no matter how many years or even decades that you've been practicing medicine. But 
In terms of telehealth, it is something that has been employed a bit. For me personally, I would like to go back to seeing my patients in person because I will be honest with you right now, if a parent calls and they tell me that their child has fever and ear pain, the ear pain might just be from congestion. It may mm -hmm. not be a full-blown ear infection, but I can't tell for sure because I can't use my otoscope and look in their ears. So I am giving a prescription for antibiotics and I'm kind of explaining to them under what conditions to go ahead and start that. But mm. those are not the types of habits that I want to continue once this pandemic is over. I want them to come in and I wanna be able to discuss with them, no, the ears look great actually, your kiddo's just congested. And as that improves, you're going to be just finding you don't need antibiotics, as opposed to explaining to the parents exactly what I see, how bad of an infection it is, and whether or not we need to start those antibiotics. So there's definitely some points to be learned here in terms of flexibility, but there are a few things that I think will be better off having been done in person later down the road when we are able to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then as a mom, a wife, a doctor, <laughs> how has this, I think you already shared earlier, how it's changed your day-to-day -day in terms of like with your family, but your practice, is there, is there anything else that's changing there? Are you seeing more patients telemedicine versus in-person? What type of patients are you seeing right now that are actually coming in to see you? Right. We are still doing well visits for our babies in the mornings. Uh, okay. We have our cleaning staff come at night and thoroughly clean, more so than they were before. And the office is strictly available for well visits and specifically for the babies because we do feel it's important at this time to make sure they don't fall too far behind on their vaccines. If we knew that this was just going to be a two-week holdup, it would be fine to shut those down, mm -hmm. but we really don't know. And quite honestly, in clinic the other day, we had a patient with whooping cough who was four and a half years old and has had all of her vaccines. And she herself will just have a cough for a few weeks, but there's a lot of babies who need to be protected from that cough because that could be much more dangerous for those young babies. So we feel strongly that the young babies need to be taken care of and protected from other viruses and bacteria, despite what is happening right now with coronavirus. Right. We have postponed kind of the routine follow-ups. You know, for example, if you have asthma, but you're doing well right now, you're taking your medications, you have plenty of supply of them, you're not having any symptoms, we've said, you know what, we'll just take your word for it at this point in time, make sure that they have refills and schedule a follow-up for when this is done and over with. In terms of our sick visits, honestly, it has been really variable. I feel like last Friday after Governor Newsom announced the shelter in place, our office was crazy, mainly oh. because of the fear and the anxiety that order invoked. I think that allowed a lot of people to realize this is serious. This is in California. And then they looked at their child who had some degree of symptoms and they needed to have that reassurance. Mm. But as we have talked and spread this message more, parents are starting to realize that it's okay to keep their kids at home and to monitor them and seek help when they feel beyond their own comfort levels. So I'd say right now the numbers are actually less than normal, but there is definitely a feeling of we are bracing ourselves for the storm. 
We see the physicians that are on the East Coast in New York, and we just don't know if that will happen to us or not, but we are doing the best we can to prepare for it and make sure we have enough staff that is healthy for that and enough protective equipment to make sure that we also don't get exposed. Yeah, and do you believe viruses and how they mutate in this particular virus, do you believe that as it mutates, is it going to get worse before it gets better? I think in terms of the number of people affected, yes, absolutely. It takes approximately two weeks to see the effect of a shelter in place. And that effect is directly proportional to how many people follow the rules. And unfortunately, right now, some people still are not following the rules. And where they can, they are going out to bars and they're going out to the beach and they're still having birthday parties and meeting up in groups of greater than 10. And this is where the problem lies. And until those individuals get the message and they start acting the way the rest of us are, we may not see an improvement in our numbers. And right now, for example, in California, we continue to go up and up both in the number of cases as well as the number of deaths every day. So it's time. It's time to stay home. <laughs> it's time to change the slope of the curve for those of us around us. Yes. And so important. And it protects, you know, those that are more susceptible to to die from this because they have underlying health issues. And it's it's our job to, you know, keep ourselves healthy, keep keep ourselves at our homes. And stepping over and pivoting to keeping ourselves healthy, the talk about social distancing and wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, which we all know is, I mean, very, very, very vital right now. But what about nutrition? So I know you are a healthy person and you practice what you preach and your kids are healthy. What, what do you recommend in terms of nutrition for people that are at home right now? A lot of people are still going through drive-throughs and things like that, you know, and taking the time, I think, to make food at home is is important. But what do you practice at your house that could maybe be, you know, an example for other people to to strive to do themselves at home? Right. Well, I think, quite honestly, the two most important things that I try to implement at home, and much more so right now, is number one, to eat the rainbow. Mm -hmm. We are extremely grateful for our farmers and our truck drivers who have allowed our produce supply to remain fairly vital and colorful in the grocery stores right now. And talking about supplements could be a whole different talk, but quite honestly, I just think that if you eat the rainbow and you eat a variety of fruits and a variety of vegetables, you will optimize the essential minerals and vitamins that your immune system needs in order to be at its peak performance. And right now we have that option. We don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to be eating, I don't know, the gummy stuff with (laughs) supposedly vegetables in it or the pouches. I know people use those sometimes when they're in a time crunch, but Mm -hmm. we actually have time right now. So I've always try to emphasize fruits and vegetables in every meal for myself as well as my kids. But now that I have more time, I am definitely doing a lot more slicing and dicing of those fruits and vegetables. And the second rule that I like to implement is 
if you don't understand all of the ingredients in what you're eating, specifically you can't even pronounce them or read them, then perhaps you shouldn't. And yeah. that has really helped a lot of my families who get very confused by labels and how much is too much of this and that. I just tell them to start looking at the ingredients. And if there's 27 ingredients and there's a lot of X's and Z's, then you're going down the wrong track. Because if you haven't noticed, when you shop in the perimeter of a grocery store, there are no ingredients because milk is milk and apples are apples, strawberries are strawberries, mm -hmm. spinach is spinach. There aren't additives, there aren't preservatives, there aren't all these extras that our body has to work twice as hard to eliminate. And a lot of families in the past have told me, you know, doctor, I hear what you're saying. It's just that we're so busy right now. We're so busy. We have sports and I work and my husband works and I just, I have to feed my kids. And that's why we end up going through the drive-thru. Mm -hmm. Well, we have been given the gift of time right now. So <laughs> let's go to the grocery stores. Let's support our local grocers. Let's buy the healthy foods. Let's actually make dinner together and eat together because I will tell you that will optimize your immune system and allow you to fight this virus better than vitamins out of a bottle. Mm -hmm. I totally, I totally agree with that. And I always tell people just start with bananas and apples, right? Like if you're going to a sporting thing, bananas and apples are so easy. They're already jam packed full of nutrients and they're ready to go. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Thank you so much for all this information and where can our listeners connect with you at if maybe they have additional questions or just want to follow you? Yes, definitely. So I am on Facebook as well as Instagram. On Facebook, they can just search my name and on Instagram, my handle is N like Nancy, A M like Mary, I N like Nancy underscore MD. So N Amin MD. Awesome. And I'll, everyone, I will add all this information in the show notes so you can just easily click and pop over and, and start to follow Neem on her social media. So awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I really appreciate, you know, all the information you're putting out there and we'll continue to follow your work and what you're sharing with everybody. And I hope you and your family stay healthy and happy during this time. Uh, thanks so much. Same to you, Anna. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.